Rain Dance Do not be afraid to dream, even in your pain. For dreaming is now more valuable than ever before. Yet as you dream, make it yours. Dream what you choose, not what you fear. Now you think you know your fear, but you do not. You think you know what it means to be spiritual, but you do not. You think you know how to serve, but you do not. And so these are the lessons of these times. It has been said that the one antidote to fear is trust. And it is. But to understand the trust that is asked of us, we must first understand the layers of our fear. If we are to know how to call in the rain, we must first walk the desert through thirst, through the illusion of mirage, through the shifting sands and disconnection from the rich earth. Only when we tell the truth about the desert may we know rain. Wherever love is missing, fear will quickly come to take its place. And these are the days of the desert of love. Deserts are not made overnight. They are gradually formed over many years as life falls away, as the rains do not come and the trees die one by one and rivers dry up, nowhere to run. The soil loses its capacity to fuel birth and the stone breaks down into sand beneath our feet reflecting the heat by day and the empty cold by night, all measured by the whims of the wind and the sun. We live today in a desert of love, so we may waken to the divinity of rain. Where did our love go, you ask? Is it not the stuff from which we are made? Indeed it is. And yet within this realm of breath and all such polarities, we must surrender to this exchange, the natural journey of birth to death. But in our fear, we ran from this truth until every action became a way to separate us from the beauty of our return to God. The great ages of the birth of ownership and industry, the birth of technology, the birth of institutions and political, religious, educational justice systems, each one in search of something, each one promising to take us further and further from death. For if only we could control, measure, and own all of life, perhaps it would be ours to stay. This too is our choice, 
This too is the making of our dreams. And with each of these ages, we withdrew further and further from our sense of connection to Mother. We made our buildings taller. We paved roads longer. Our feet forgot how to be naked. Our hearts could not remember the touch of the trees. And so the deserts came, wider and wider, until there was nothing left to inhale but the exhalation of the one standing next to us, and without our remembering of the beauty of the colored leaf ready to fall, to rot, to give her essence back to the mother in this desert of disconnection from infinite love, our fear began to unfold in new forms, more vast and yet more secretive than ever before. To understand this, consider primitive man and the purity of his fear. He fears the animal he hunts, the beast, the buffalo, the bear, the stag. But in his fear, he also honors them. He respects their power and value, for they are his food, his clothing, his very life. They are his gods. This fear makes him fierce. It gives him strength and wisdom. It teaches him about his place within the devouring circle of the material world. This is so of all his fears, so he may live in purpose and resolution. His very fears guide him to his desires, his reason for being, and his greatest joys. But now, caught in our separation from the natural world, from the mother, in her grace and wisdom, immersed in our driven distraction, our need to own, to build, to possess, fear has lost its purpose, and we can no longer access its gifts Instead of our fuel, it has become our enemy, our shame. And so we deny it. We drug it. We try to buy our way out of it, even as it grows larger, ever larger. We forget to honor its name. The desert grows as the love we once found every day in the arms of the mother dries up in our separation from her, and in its place, into the desert, comes the fear, roaming like packs of hyenas, drifting in clouds of entities, the forms of fear taking shape, the ghosts of all we have denied during the day, infiltrating our world by night. This too is our choice. This too is the making of our dreams. And so as the daily life of so many becomes a desert, a desert of meaningless employment and numbing devices 
and imitation foods and spiritual pretense, we may lose even the memory of rain until this constant low-grade empty fear becomes our constant state, at times escalating to depression or even the terrors of psychosis, but rarely, if ever, returning to the knowing of trust, of true belief in the garden of the mother. So far have we traveled from her arms. This, too, is our choice. This is the ready climate for the dance of rain. And here we come to the question of spirit, of the presence of divinity in our hearts, in our world. For, of course, the larger truth is that love has never left us, can never leave us, for it is the stuff out of which even darkness is made. But in our disconnection, so too do we become separate from genuine perception, because our fear is now everywhere. There is no antidote for so many, no daily connection with other forms of life. But in our disconnection, so too do we become separate from genuine perception, because our fear is now everywhere. There is no antidote for so many, no daily connection with other forms of life, no words to be heard from the trees, no caresses from the fish in the seas, no scent of the skin of the newborn calf, no hawk overhead, no mud between the toes, no circles of women gathered for a birth, no families of men digging the soil for a grave because of this separation from the permission for the honoring of our joys and our fears. We know neither and instead live in a low-grade hum, a purgatory between dimensions, neither fully upon the earth nor fully dead. We consume, we distract, we go mad instead. This too remains our choice. This too the makings of our now necessary dreams. In this state of confused perception, we cannot define nor recognize what is fear and what is righteous. We cannot discern what is godly and what is human arrogance. And so even our search for spirit, for the light, becomes confused. And if this has been our world, so too must it crumble. And here we must pause to examine all that we have named as spiritual and understand more deeply the confusions which abound. Let us begin with clarifying that we are all in our very nature spiritual beings. We are beings of spirit, aspects of spirit, having chosen incarnation in physical form. And so it is not possible for us to be anything other than spiritual. 
the soul must claim the body. And in this, there is no living form which is not imbued with its own expression of the divine. As such, we cannot study spirituality. We can only remember it. We cannot attempt to achieve that which is our essential nature. We may only acknowledge it. We cannot stray from spiritual behaviors as all actions have their place in the larger view of this divine expression. But in so understanding, we are asked to relinquish all judgment of our attempts to return to ourselves. We are asked to see that the further we seem to travel from wholeness, the more ready we are to return to that which is the source of love. Here is where so much of our confusion lies. For throughout the history of humankind, we have been afraid of our own forgetting. We have created shame to fill the space where our remembering was lost. And so we created religion, the systems of belief which gave us lists of rules and behaviors to govern all that we have forgotten, and thus the permission for punishment when these rules were not followed, the meeting out of pain and suffering in direct proportion to the judgment we felt was necessary. For surely if we have lost goddess, surely if we cannot remember God, we are the ones at fault, so says the wounded child in our heart. And so the rules and their associated punishments became the definition of godliness, of divine expression, of our spiritual natures. And even when some said, I no longer follow the rules of the churches and the mosques, they simply replaced them with their own rules. And so the rules and their associated punishments became the definition of godliness, of divine expression, of our spiritual natures. And even when some said, I no longer follow the rules of the churches and the mosques, they simply replaced them with their own rules. <laughs> and so a new age of spirituality was born. Inherent within this new age was the idea of rebellion as holy and the belief that by rejecting the tenets of institutionalized thought, all light was found and so the shadow itself became the new demon. So great was the fear of suppression and control. Freedom became the new benediction, as the self of the personality became confused with the universal self of the divine. And so a false freedom reigned, and with it a contagion of a new and insidious fear, the denial of fear itself. So great 
was the unconscious judgment. No judgments could be seen. No deep truth could be expressed. And so the very souls, who in their hearts held the most unconscious fear, became the ones who espoused the loudest command to stand in the light, saying, In my fear of what I cannot see, I will tell you all that you are blind. In my own sleeping consciousness, I will tell you all to wake up. Now, within our present moment world of disconnection, we can understand how layers and forms and aspects of fear will begin to fill the desert. There will be those who will say, I see the beast, but I give it no honor, and I will attempt to prove myself fearless by killing it on sight. There will be no beast in my world. I will destroy what I fear I am. There will be those who will say, I see the beast as it lives in others, those unholy ones, and we will create systems and laws and prisons, and we will contain the beast and eat the beast, and this is rational and reasonable, and fear is for the weak and emotional, and I am not one of those. There will be those who will say, I see the beast as it lives in others, But I am the righteous one. I am the one who has been hurt by the beast. And so I demand for my pain to be seen as righteous and I will kill the beast with my words as a way of coping with my precious fear. There will be those who will say, I see the beast for the first time. And so great is my terror, it will become the nightmare from which I ask to be saved. And any imagining I have ever had, any story told by my fear, to this I now give life, because the one who dares to rebel is my savior. The one who will kill the beast for me is the one I will choose to believe, for the horror of this bad dream is more than I can bear, and I give away my reason, so I will not be forced to feel my fear. And this response, the willingness to give away reason, is the virus of our times. For it seeks to make real what is pure illusion, pure mirage upon the sand dunes of our growing massive desert. And this too is our choice. This too is a perfect example of our choice to dream. Can you for a moment close your eyes and allow your imagining to paint this scene. The many, many, living in the lands of disconnection, no soil, no skin of the mother beneath them, to bring softening and comfort, no actual presence of birth or death in their lives, no touch of the living beast beneath their hands, no connection to the living expressions 
of all the life forms that have been denied. And yet, and yet, still, they are aspects of spirit. And so still, they create. Still, they dream. Still, they seek. But all from a place of unaware disconnection and unconscious fear. Each one creating a world like a rain cloud overhead, waiting, just waiting for a chance to dance, a chance to rain upon the desert of love in which they have lived for so long. Can you see them? Can you see them all? Wandering the desert blindly, crashing into one another, running apart from one another, clouds above them of every size and color. Can you see them? Can you see the ones that simply lie down, no longer able to run? They lie on street corners, in hospital corridors. They lie on their couches, and they watch the news, unable to move, unable to remember who they are, unable to turn away from the collective illusions they have helped create by dreaming it all together. The blue clouds, the black clouds, the red clouds, the clouds that smother whole cities, the clouds that roll in unbidden gathering force, the clouds that form layer upon layer, overtop one another, choking the lungs, smothering the light, waiting, waiting, oh, so long we have been waiting for the true freedom to reign. Can you see this vision? of a hundred thousand unique realities. Can you see your own cloud? Can you imagine your own rain? This too is our choice. This too is the making of our dreams. There is a principle at play here which begs to be grasped, which we will speak of as cleansing and release. In any dimension of polarities, life is and must be sustained through movement. For without inhalation and exhalation, physical form will cease. The cold must be met by warmth. Sweet must respond to the sour. Death must take place to make ready for birth. And hate and rage and cruelty and unfairness and all the losses of faith and hope which accompany these polarities must exist so that affection and delight and kindness and compassion, all may be born in the consciousness of your dreams. And two, 
there must come movement between the two extremes for the experience of them to be tasted. This is flow. And so when a great denial, a great forgetting of who we are, has been lived for hundreds and hundreds of years, when a great separation from the mother has been magnified to the breaking point of our times, there must come a moment, a critical mass, a tipping point of the polarity to consciousness. And this must lead to the cleansing, the release of all that has been held back in the tight reins of our refusal to see. In these days of imminent release before the letting go, the heaviness of our clouds may seem unbearable, suffocating, blinding. It is the moment of transition, the heavy, heavy darkness before an impending storm. But then, once the rain begins, the release of all that has been held becomes so glorious. The sensations of liberation, truth and forgiveness so profound, the remembering of the rain so exquisite, it will all make sense. And the act of remembering all that was once forgotten will come home to the arms of the mother to land. Here she will hold us. Here she will remind us of all the love we truly are. In the description of this world of illusions, we ask you to consider our impending release, how every step of the way was an act of choice, how far each soul, their own chosen desert, their own size and shape, and their own relationship to their own beast has become their own reality. And this is no small thing, for the more deeply we are carried by the unconscious, the more freely our realities will be created by the forces we decline to see. And this is no small thing, for the more deeply we are carried by the unconscious, the more freely our realities will be created by the forces we decline to see. Know this, we are never not creating. We are never not forging what is real to us, even though we may only be beginning to learn that this miracle is taking place every moment of every day. Awake or asleep, it matters not. We exist, therefore we create. 
We hold life force, therefore we move. We move, therefore we exist. And creation is born over and over again. And its immortal nature, the expression of our life, never ends, but rather changes form as we allow, as we create, as we dream. And so the command of our times is to bring our act of creation into conscious awareness, into the witnessing of present moment choice, the greatest act of love, the greatest remembering of love, in our willingness to see that we may choose love, and in this forge an intentional reality, an action which is in its very nature an experience of reunion with however we name our Creator. Choice is our return to heaven. Choice is the recollection of our home as the source of all. Choice is, inevitably and always, the rains upon the deserts of our missing love. It is a return to God. And until this day, the world we forge will seem to us like being in a store where televisions are sold and every television is turned on to a different channel and every channel is playing a different show and every show is trying to be louder than the others and many make no sense at all. Forgive the clouds before they break. This will help them soften and the rains of love to fall.